I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is 2019 Potter Predictions. there guys i'm jen <laughs> hi i'm ria and i'm luke hogan yeah we have a special guest today luke introduce yourself a bit more i'm luke i'm on the podcast that must not be named and was recently brought into be a permanent host at hogwarts radio as well been a fan for a very long time since the books came out yeah i found your guys's podcast and it's exactly the kind of thing that i love talking about in general magical theory and things that just do not get explored in the in the books at all. But there's a lot of information there that you can kind of start making things make sense. So I've been a pretty big fan since I found you guys fairly early on. So mm-hmm. pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you Thanks so much for coming on. on. You're yeah, definitely uh, our biggest fan. <laughs> I try to at least be the loudest. I, I probably am your biggest fan. I, that's that's I'm all right with that. I love it. I think yeah. I love what you guys are doing. Thank oh, you. Thanks. It's mostly nonsense. It's mostly just us spitballing around with the minimal information we've been given from this series. <laughs> We're definitely keeping in this part where you compliment us. This is going in the episode. <laughs> I can oh, just yeah, keep definitely. going if you want me to. <laughs> we'll have just like five star reviews. <laughs> there, the one recently that you guys had where you went through the questions that I sent to you about the Dementors. That yeah. you guys oh, yeah. freaking killed it. I was it blew me away the the depth that you guys went into on going through the backstory of where the Dementors could possibly come from and pulling information from Pottermore and the information from the the main text. And I was really really impressed. It was uh, definitely a, a few different angles that I hadn't really thought of. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to that because these two are freaking incredible. I think that one works so well because we were given a structure. We were given like questions to answer. So <laughs> our English student brains just kicked into gear and went, okay, here's our long extended response. But usually we don't have that kind of structure. So that's why that one was a bit of a standout. Yeah. <laughs> you really helped us with that by giving us a framework. <laughs> usually we're making it up as we go. Well, yeah. if you saw how I have workbooks for all of the different podcasts that I run, uh, yeah, it, mm-hmm. to me it has to be structured or it's hard for me to focus. <laughs> Snaps for each other. All right, <laughs> let's go. Predictions. So we're going to be using our inner eyes to see the future again and talking about what will be coming in the next year for Harry Potter, whether it be books, games, fandom content, nonsense JK Rowling will be spouting on Twitter. What's next for us? <laughs> well, I'd like to start by talking about the books. In the predictions episode from last year, I talked for a long time about the 20th anniversary editions. Yeah. They started with uh, Philosopher's Stone in 2017, and then we got Chamber of Secrets this year, which I really didn't know if that was going to happen. I wasn't sure if we would get the 20th edition of Chamber of Secrets or not, 
but we did. And as far as I can tell, they did a much lower print run. So mm. <laughs> there wasn't the big stacks of books sitting in the bookstore that nobody was buying. <laughs> That's a good sign for next year. I would say it's pretty much guaranteed at this point that we're going to get Prisoner of Azkaban and the rest of the books also coming out in 20th anniversary editions, which I'm excited about. I want to have them all. Yeah, I get overwhelmed. I go into the bookstore and I'm like, oh God, I got to choose between hardcover and softcover and I got to choose like which house do I want? Like, obviously I, I want my house, but then the others are so pretty and they have nice art and the art has different meanings. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> they do a good job at making it really compelling to have 30 different editions of every single book, <laughs> don't they? I mean, they because then they yeah. have the, the other uh, edition full series that came out this year with the artwork that goes across mm. the entire binding or uh, across yes. the front covers that can go continuous. I thought those were really, really cool. I was a little disappointed they didn't have in hardcover. I probably would have gotten them mm. if they were in hardcover. But yeah, the marketing and branding team over there is still still working, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what they'll usually do is they'll put out a soft cover and then about six months later, they'll do a hardcover edition as well. So if you hold on, you might get those hardcovers. I'll keep holding yeah, on. And like, <laughs> have you guys seen the um, illustrated editions of Beetle the Bard, like the newer ones? Heck yeah. So pretty. And like, I was looking at the characters inside and they're like so beautiful and well illustrated. And I'm like, oh, I don't need this. I already have a copy. I don't need it. Right. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I mean, I have two copies already. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, they also had the Fantastic Beast illustrated. I think that came out last year, 2017. Oh. Yeah. So my prediction for 2019 is that Quidditch Through the Ages illustrated edition is going to come out because those yes. three seem to be continuously grouped together as a set mm -hmm. and i would like it i i know they just did the audiobook version of quidditch through the ages with uh andrew lincoln and if you haven't checked mm -hmm. that out it's it's really good i thought he did a really really wonderful job yeah i like personally quidditch through the ages isn't my favorite because even though it's like quidditch it's still sport <laughs> <laughs> and like i'm not that kind of person but i still i have read it so maybe i should try listening to it again with a, a nice voice narration that would be good he he really kind of brings some character like there's more characters in there than i remember reading you know on in the old paperback version that i've got like it's just there's like interviews with older people and like the voices are pretty well done like believable i was surprised like knowing the actor that his voice acting was that good and uh mm -hmm. i really really enjoyed it it kind of brought new life to you know a a book that I haven't really read in a while, but I've always enjoyed. Yeah. This is a weird sidetrack, but do you guys know if there's any Harry Potter cookbooks out there? I want to know how to make pumpkin pasties and cauldron cakes. And Yeah, there definitely like, are some yeah, non-official uh, <laughs> versions. And I think there are also a couple YouTube channels that yeah, kind of do mm -hmm. things like that too, at least in like, you know, short series of them. But there are resources mm. out there for you. There are, I've definitely made stuff before for marathons, but like, I would just like to have like a nice <laughs> book full of recipes. With a nice leather bound, you know, mm. hardcover. Yeah. Oh man, I'd love it. Mm -hmm. Those are, I, I wish, that's what I'm really looking for is a full series yeah. with like old weathered leather bound hardcovers. That's what I would oh. splurge on. 
Well, something, this is what I want to do in the future one day when I have children. I want to make a leather-bound version of Beetle the Bard that has, like, handwritten. It's all handwritten oh, yeah. out. And hand-drawn You've and told me about this before. I want to trick them into thinking that they're wizards because they'll hear these stories younger on and then later on if they read the books, they'll be like, hold on, I know the Tale of Three Brothers. I've heard that before. And I'll trick them and mess with their heads. Jim, bad mother. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. That's great. I like it. <laughs> Don't convince yeah. your children their magic. I'll mix up the, the fairy tale books with other fairy tales like Cinderella and Snow White and Red Shoes and all that nonsense, but it'll still have the other ones in there. So they get really. Do you know how crushing them. it's going to be when they realize they aren't magic, Jen? Well, we all had to suffer through it. <laughs> get it done early. Pull, pull that band aid off. <laughs> <laughs> but she's the one who's putting the band aid on. <laughs> she's convincing them their magic. And then the world's going to tear that away. (laughs) It's a bad idea. Don't do that. Yeah, so books. I predicted that, yeah, they might do a 20th anniversary edition of uh, Prison of Azkaban, which is exciting Mm -hmm. for me because personally that's my favourite book. I love Prison of Azkaban so much. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love your cookbook idea. I hope that comes out eventually at some point. Yeah, I just – just yeah, I just thought of it then. I'm like, oh, that'd be so – that'd be such a good gift as well. I think about gifts a lot for Christmas. Oh, God. All right. Do you guys have any other things to say about books? Just jumping to something that I guess will happen in canon, if we're going to talk about the actual like story itself. Yeah, uh, yeah. We know that Lily Luna Potter starts school at Hogwarts this fall, uh, 2019, Aww. and is going to be sorted into Gryffindor. I think that's like the only specific thing that we know happens in the world <laughs> in 2019. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Oh, that's cute. She's already 11. That's so old. <laughs> I'm so I'm like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> uh, I'm so much older than I thought I was. Anyway. I can justify my age because like, I'm like, oh yeah, I was born when the first book came out. So it's like... You made it. You just <laughs> made, made the it. cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was always almost exactly Harry's age as they were coming out. And, oh, uh, that's so cool. So like, I was always right in that kind of small group that was growing up literally with the books as they came out and the, you know, the the stretch between four and five really kind of screwed that over a bit, but you know, that's okay. I'm not bitter. (laughs) You sound bitter. No, no, I think it was worth it. I rolling about it. (laughs) I'm going to send her an angry tweet. How could you? 16 years later. I was on the podcast of nine and three quarters and and I just got re-infuriated. What the hell? It happens. We have that effect on people. <laughs> In all seriousness, listeners, don't I hustle JK. Like, leave her alone. No, no leave her leave alone. alone. She's fine. Yeah. She's she's Living. doing a good job. Let us hassle her for you on this podcast that she will never listen to. God, I hope she doesn't. <laughs> She'd be Me like, too. are they talking about fucking beasts? <laughs> <laughs> Can they rip oh. on Snape anymore? Like, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, that would probably make us stop listening. <laughs> that and everything else yeah, we say. We dump on Snake a lot on this podcast. As you should. <laughs> it's what he deserves. <laughs> Can I talk about games? Yeah, let's start on games. Let's save yeah. movies till last because I feel like we've all got a lot to say about movies. Yeah, I have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> games. So we know that Wizards Unite is going to be releasing in 2019. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That is yes. correct. Yes. When I went on Google, the Google, and searched Harry Potter 2019, it was all about Wizards Unite, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. So um, <laughs> this is another mobile game made by Portkey Games, mm-hmm. and 
we know a lot more about it now because they've had like the trailers sort of released where we've got the, the young lady in the alleyway and she gets rid of some kind of magical thing and then sticks a poster up and apparates away. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not so much like a Pokemon Go game like we originally thought of. It's more like a capturing magic to protect the Wizarding World. So I like that story idea. That's interesting. I don't think I'll be getting too into it, but I think it's just a cool concept. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about it. I don't know, kind of similar, I don't know how much I'll really play it in all of my mm. spare time, um, which is pretty limited. I'll definitely check it out. I, I definitely checked out, you know, Pokemon Go when that first came out. And it's a really, really neat concept for sure. And mm. I mean, kind of the underlying, hey, get outside your house and do things mentality I can definitely get behind. Like that's yeah. a good goal as opposed to, hey, sit on your couch for hours a day playing on your phone. Like it at least takes that element and brings it outside, which I think is a positive spin <laughs> at least. Yeah, it's so. nice. Yeah, I like the idea of, like, they set up little landmarks for you to explore around your location, so it gives you, like, more urban exploring as well, exploring your surroundings, which I was encouraged. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. We were really harsh on this game last year. We were basically saying it was going to be, like, a Pokemon Go ripoff where we have to find Fantastic Beasts instead of Pokemon. But uh, seeing the website and the concept and the trailer, as you were saying, Jam, it looks really good. I've been pleasantly surprised by it. So I'm I'm actually kind of excited for the game to come out now. Yeah, good. So yeah, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I'm also interested to see if we... Because there was that leak of the console game for Harry Potter where it's like set in the 20s or something. Right. Or did I just hallucinate? Yeah, no, you that was a thing. It? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to find it again for this episode, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I assume it's been purged from the internet. Yeah, I think they yeah. did a pretty good job of squashing that like the day of almost. <laughs> Yeah. Jake Rowling herself just hacked into the mainframe. Like, she drove her car to the internet and pulled it out. How dare you! <laughs> but yeah, what brief glimpse we saw of it looked very good. And I am excited for when we get some concrete information about what the fuck it is. Yeah. I'm excited to, if I ever potentially play that, because I don't know if you guys know this about me, but Rian does, but I'm terrible at games. I can't do, <laughs> I am terrible at using a controller, point and shoot, anything to do with like gaming. So mm-hmm. I assume my, if I do create a character, they'll die quickly and a lot and I'll be terrible at it. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> you have the younger sibling curse where all of your gaming experience is watching me play games and not being allowed to play because I'm mean and I have the controller. Yes. Mom said I could board a remote. <laughs> no, I've got it. I'm bigger than you. But uh, Rhea can keep me filled in of what happens in the game. <laughs> I was watching. Just live streaming, you can watch along, yeah. I actually do. Instead of playing games, I watch YouTubers play games now, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. It's, it's just how you grew <laughs> up, right? I that mentality. Just like childhood. <laughs> yes. So I don't. I haven't really heard any rumors or anything about it, but I think if there was like a new board game that came out, I would imagine there's going to be something for Fantastic Beasts in general. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like anytime there's a new movie that hey we have to get as much merchandise out there as possible and like board games and puzzles seem to fit that fairly quickly yeah i'd be on the lookout for something like that as well yeah i know there was a new harry potter trivial pursuit this year that's right because i remember MuggleNet doing a giveaway thing which i didn't win (laughs) (laughs) nepotism (laughs) yeah it's real muggle net give us free stuff for no reason (laughs) 
Oh man, that is a that is a trivial pursuit I could win because like Dad's trivial pursuit is from the 1920s, so I know nothing of what's going on in those <laughs> questions. But Harry Potter trivial pursuit, now that's that's something I could do. <laughs> there there was another Harry Potter trivial pursuit a while back. I know, like a first mm-hmm. edition, and apparently it was not all that difficult. Like if you've read the books, then you did okay. Basically, it's like oh, you can be a movie only watcher. <laughs> from the little bit that I heard about the new one, is it gets pretty legitimately difficult which uh, mm-hmm. i'm all on board for because yeah yeah i think that'd be pretty pretty neat yeah i'm a nerd i like to be ch- challenged bring it game be, mm-hmm. yeah don't <laughs> just give me basic questions of like oh what's harry potter's middle name basic <laughs> no <laughs> which twin dies oh spoilers <laughs> fuck <laughs> I actually, this is a bit of a roast. I went to a um a trivia, like a Harry Potter trivia thing recently, and I was mm-hmm. expecting it to be really hard. So I studied up. I like like did a bunch of quizzes online. I, I got my facts written down and it was the easiest thing ever. I like my team and I smashed it. <laughs> like it was no competition. <laughs> the questions were too easy. God, Jim, there is nothing more typically you then studying for a harry potter trivia night with your friends as if it's an exam (laughs) i studied harder for that than i do for most of my exams (laughs) so it's like the important oh go for it the important thing is that you won (laughs) i did i won i was also invited to a harry potter trivia contest here in my city as well with some actual some listeners of our of our our podcast which was kind of cool Um, nice. I couldn't make it last minute because we were actually recording that night. <laughs> so I was like, uh, <laughs> just send me some questions as it's going. And like, I was doing really well, you know, for a while. And the ones that they sent us kind of after they had either gotten right or wrong. And like, I was like, these are, these are good questions. Not the easiest things ever. I don't remember what all of them were, but there was one that I'll just say right now. I did not know. And if you want, I can throw it at you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes, all right. So the question was, who is the editor of the Daily Prophet? Oh, it's got to be a dumb name. It's a wizard, so <laughs> it's got to be like um, journaly von writes words or something. <laughs> Gotta get that etymology in there, right? Yeah, uh, I, I have no idea. And when they sent me the question, I was like, "That is not in the books. I that is just not in there." And so then I did a you know a quick look, and it's actually Barnabas Cuff. And it's one of like the random names that Slughorn throws out there when he's listing off people oh, that he knows that are influential. Right. I was like, okay, that's a tough question. A one time mentioned character. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty difficult. Yeah, that's rough. Like one of the questions in mind, which I didn't get actually was, uh, what was the name of the Slytherin seeker in Harry's first match? And I was like, oh, Marcus Flint. No, it was, um, I actually just read it recently because I just read the, first book the other day but i've forgotten it instantly again you actually have the first book here i can look it up yeah i can do that just because this is what we're talking about now i guess <laughs> the toughest harry potter trivia question i've ever gotten was at my university's harry potter club trivia night and the question was in the fifth book when harry and dudley were caught by the dementors what street did it happen on oh and it, it was Crescent or Magnolia Crescent? It was the corner of Wisteria, Wisteria and Magnolia, but it was the question was multiple choice, and it was like Wisteria Street, Magnolia Crescent, oh. or Wisteria <laughs> Road, Magnolia Street. Like 
all oh, of these no. possible combinations and I was like, fuck all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I found the answer to the question of uh, who's a Slytherin Seeker. It's page 138 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Slytherin Seeker, Terence Higgs. Terence Higgs. Uh, yep, that's a name. Yeah. I would right. never have known that. <laughs> Good okay. questions, though. Yeah. So it sounds like me. To me, we need to do a Trivial Pursuit uh, match when it when it comes out, or when we get a, a copy for ourselves. When MuggleNet finally gives me my copy that I am owed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you rightly deserve. Yeah. yeah. I ended the contest. I should have gotten it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rules. Uh, so the only other game news, I guess, I have is Hogwarts Mystery, which isn't news. <laughs> that came out this year. I really like it. been playing it pretty much every day. At the moment, it's about halfway through year five, and I'm just really interested to see where it's going to go next year. Do you think it's going to end with the characters in year seven, or will it continue beyond that? Yeah, I think it'll end either in year six or seven. I think maybe MC might be kicked out in year six for constantly breaking the rules. Yeah, I'm interested in the game too. I I recently had an opportunity in the game to roast Rowan, and I took that opportunity. Because, as you know, Rhea, I hate Rowan. (laughs) Rightfully so. She's terrible. Or he's terrible. They are terrible. That character. (laughs) (laughs) That gender nondescript character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think the game's interesting. I just, I really want to find out what happened to Jacob, Just Gem. Uh, (laughs) I think he dead. I think he's real dead. So yeah, that's that's all I've got to say about Hogwarts Mystery. (laughs) I'm just interested because it seems like the game is including a lot of extra content that I don't know if the story can support. Like, at the moment, they've just introduced magical creatures, and there's only, like, I think four that are unlockable at the moment. But the sheer number of magical creatures that seem to be unlockable based on how much space there is in the game, yeah, there's no way that you're going to do it with only two and a half more years of content. Like, two and a half more in-game years of content. I don't know how long that's going to take. A couple of months? There's no way. It would take years to unlock all those creatures. So this is assuming that you're playing the game for free and you're not paying for it. So if you just paid for it all, then you could get them all now. But you can only sort of buy gems and you need notebooks to unlock the creatures, which you have to sort of do during events. Like it's a roundabout way to do it. I guess you could try and just throw money at the problem until you unlock all the creatures. (laughs) Well, I think sometimes they have like special bundles of like buy a sack full of gems. How's that a measurement? But also by 12 <laughs> notebooks and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, but yeah, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just, I'm, I really enjoy the game. I'm invested in it and I'm curious to see how it goes in 2019. That's not really a prediction. That's just a statement of how I'm feeling. <laughs> so I didn't really even get past like the second round of classes year one. Uh, so I don't have a whole <laughs> lot of, uh, input on the game. Uh, it, it didn't really work for me. I, I, I liked the idea of the story for sure, and I found it interesting, mm-hmm. but the like touch and go type playing yeah, it's is, boring, yeah. does not work for me. Like if I'm going to play a game, I, I am more of a console gamer where I like to, okay, I have like two hours that I want to sit down and play it. And the game forces mm-hmm. you to stop. Like I'm not going to pay money for yeah. it. I, that's just not me. But I just don't like that you're limited. Like, oh, well, we'll see you again in this amount of time. It's like, well, I was just getting into it. Like, why are you kicking me out? Like, I want to like yeah. it. Yeah, the pay for play is just incredibly frustrating. But I just do it in like my work break, and then I just get back to work. So I find that all right. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely. That's a really valid criticism of the game. I definitely feel you. I just yeah. like Jem said. I just open it like two or three times throughout the day while I'm doing things. Whenever I pick up my phone to fiddle with it, I've got nothing to do. 
I'm like, I'll play this for two minutes and then move on. I like that I don't get sucked into it for hours at a time because otherwise I would never live my life. (laughs) Yeah. For me, if I got sucked into it, it'd be like I'm actually playing a game. And as you know, I only watch games. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be forced to actually uh, participate for longer. God, no. (laughs) Can't do it. Unthinkable. That's all I got to say about games in particular. Mm hmm. Should we start on The Cursed Child? That's the other big thing I've got to talk about, aside from movies. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So, The Cursed Child, it's a big moment for me. It's opening in Melbourne next month. So, I have the potential to go see it, because it's right here in my home city. (laughs) But I probably (laughs) won't, because it's really expensive and I've got no money. Really? I thought they said they were going to make it, like, accessible for everyone to go see it. I honestly, I haven't looked at the prices of the tickets, but it's two tickets and I'm betting that each of them are at least $100. Oh, and I don't have $200 sitting around at Christmas time when I'm trying to move house and start a new job. Yeah, I know I've got time for that. That's like too much money. Mm. And I'm not going to pay, like, honestly, because I know what the cursed child is. <laughs> I'm not going to pay more than 20 bucks. <laughs> 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 bucks. That's how much the book is, Gem. The tickets are going to be more than that. Well, I guess I'm never going to see it. <laughs> yeah. Also for you, you would have to fly down to Melbourne to see it. So that's no. that's more money for you. Podcast. There's no chance Gem's going to see it. I'm hoping that if I give it enough time, I'll have some money put away. The tickets will drop in price as we get to the closing of the show. And I'll be able to go and see it because I really want to, not because I want to, but for the purposes of this podcast, I'd like to do an episode talking about the play. You're taking that sacrifice. You're doing it for for us. (laughs) Taking that bullet for you, listeners. (laughs) Look, I bet the play's great visually and I bet the actors do an excellent job. I just, uh, the story, I just, it's so frustrating. (laughs) Exactly the same as Crimes of Grindelwald, where we love the magic and we love the beasts, but we don't like anything else. What do you think, Luke? So, yeah, it, I have a hard time counting uh, book eight as canon. <laughs> See our episode on that. It's not. Right. Uh, I, I, I pretty much agree with uh, everything you guys said in that. I was like, yeah, they're speaking. It's like I wrote this script. It's like <laughs> I agreed pretty much wholeheartedly. Yeah, I don't know. I, are they doing the Friday 40 for uh, the Melbourne show? Do you know? The cheaper what? tickets? Yeah, like oh. it basically it's like an, an entry to a lottery to get cheap tickets. Yeah. They usually do the thing where if you show up on the morning, you can get like one of 20 really cheap tickets into that session. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm going to look into it next year, <laughs> but I haven't right now. It doesn't open until the 18th of January, and I've got to move house before then, so I don't have extra money. <laughs> for frivolous harry potter shit i'll get to it <laughs> you bought like a bunch of plushies and cups the other day fuck off jeff <laughs> i bought a singular cup and two plushies which cost me less than ten dollars okay calm down also i needed that cup because i have to drink shit <laughs> oh <laughs> that was a justified purchase <laughs> Use a bowl like the rest of us, rich girl. <laughs> oh, you get a cup specifically for drinking? What the hell? Drink out of an empty bottle you found on the street. <laughs> out of a frisbee. There's so many options. Everything's a cup. <laughs> this cup had the Marauder's map on it. Worth oh, it. God. Totally worth it. Uh, anyway, enough shaming Rhea. Let's move back to shaming Harry Potter. <laughs> so another, another cursed child item. I know 
fairly recently they were just put mm-hmm. out casting for potentially a new location in LA as well. I don't know if you mm. guys have heard that at all. I know they're opening up in San Francisco as well, but I think mm-hmm. there's still rumors that uh, Los Angeles is, is going to be next, which would be one, two, three, four, five cities total, I guess, if if that's the case. Mm-hmm. That's a good start. I'm pretty sure it's going to be in every city in the world, eventually. <laughs> Whether yeah. or not it should be. <laughs> well, have you guys heard the rumors about the Cursed Child movie? I have. In my Googling for this, I, I heard rumors about that. <laughs> I guess uh, I thought it was like because I heard it late at night. I was reading on the internet. <laughs> I woke up the next morning and I was like in a cold sweat. And I'm like, oh god, did that happen? <laughs> I was literally just about to say I thought I dreamed that. <laughs> yeah, yikes! I heard that someone's trying to bring Daniel Radcliffe into it. I'm like, oh, leave that poor boy alone. He's tried so hard to diversify himself and get himself out of like the Harry Potter sort of. <laughs> Imagine if they're like actually trying to cast him for it. Like, oh no. <laughs> I, Daniel, don't come back and play. Don't do it. Sad, angry adult Harry. We don't need that. You're no. free now. <laughs> Keep doing your weird ass shit. I love it. <laughs> Although he has been on Broadway, he did do Equus and probably some other things, but that's the only one I know about. So a movie would be a great way to avoid having to take the play to different cities around the world and get it as widespread as possible because then it's like, oh, here's a movie. Bam. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt that's something that's going to really happen. I Just my feeling is that it, it just won't because I'm sure they're making yeah. so much money on the play itself. Like, I, I think they, <laughs> it's it's fiscally worth it. Uh, at this point, to continue just doing the touring show, mm-hmm. in in my guess, I mean, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I just I miss when J.K. was just writing books, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> plays and and screenplays. I'm like, oh. Okay, should this lead into my other thing that I wanted to say? Last year, <laughs> in this episode, I went on a big pig rant about fandom fatigue and how I was tired and sick of Harry Potter. I just want to check back in on that. How are we feeling a year later? Are we feeling tired of Harry Potter? Are we done with it? I, okay. So last year I was sort of um, cautiously optimistic. I was trying to, you know, stay positive. Oh, this year I'm feeling the fatigue. I'm really feeling it. Yeah. I think I, I need a bit of a break. Uh, like, and I, I know that we're not going to get another movie next year. So that's, I think I'll need that break to, re- to recover a bit. So that's nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rejuvenate. <laughs> If I hear there's going to be a Cursed Child movie next year, I'm actually, I I don't know what I'll do. How about you, Luke? So I don't think I'm really feeling any fatigue with it. This year had some ups and downs for the fans um, with Mm -hmm. the way the marketing cycle went for Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, There were some Mm -hmm. probably pretty easily uh, big mistakes made by some (laughs) uh, people that are at the helm of that. Not to point any fingers, but uh, I think. That's a big reason why the numbers for the movie were a bit lower for the fandom itself. Like the numbers were clearly down for that movie. And mm-hmm. I think you guys are kind of touching on something that's pretty accurate is there is a lot and it's not as focused as it used to be uh, because mm-hmm. they're trying to expand the wizarding world as opposed to just having the same, you know, superhero trio that we all fell in love with, you know, 20 years ago. And it's hard to bring in new characters to a, I'll call it an established franchise like this. Think of like Star Wars. We had the same group of characters for so long. 
you know, at least in the public eye. And then when they went and did the prequels, those had some growing pains. They they're doing the new movies that has had some growing pains as well. But like mm-hmm. once you get through that initial kind of adjustment phase, I feel like it's going to come back. And I know, like for me personally, like I guess a little bit more self promo. Our our Harry Potter podcast is a, a chapter by chapter reread with mm-hmm. no spoilers at all, except for every five chapters we do a recap of those where we can talk about things. But I think doing it, it maybe it's just me personally. Like I find it kind of refreshing to force ourselves to limit what we can talk about and Mm -hmm. it it really keeps me present in the original book series at you know as we're going along and so i think that because we're we're just we're about a quarter a little past a quarter way through book four right now and so Mm. like shit's going it's really good stuff like yeah to me it's like right in the throes of what harry potter would really really hit its its it's plateau, you know, it just keep kept being really good from there. And so I think with that, I don't have any fatigue because of the nature of, hey, every week I have to talk about this one specific thing that I know I'm in love with. And yeah. I can just kind of pick and choose where I care outside of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Like I've been rereading the books recently as well. And it's just been nice to delve back into those stories that are just so like, I guess, secure. Right. Very, yeah. <laughs> it's comfy. <laughs> I feel okay and safe in these books. It's like, yeah, okay, there's no like Voldemort fucking Bellatrix here. That doesn't happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the, the nice yeah. lady on the, on the Hogwarts train isn't trying to fucking kill you. Like, gee. She's I, not Terminator 2. Like, oh my it's God. okay. She's just an old lady. <laughs> She's kind. Mm. Sometimes people can just be women and sometimes people can just be snakes. It doesn't have to be both. <laughs> like, it's alright. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely understand what you mean there. Mm. I think that's a really good point. Uh, as bitter and jaded as I am, <laughs> which I'm willing to admit is a fair amount, all the new content is very draining for me. But doing this podcast and forcing myself to continually take like, here's one tiny little aspect of this series that we love and let's hyper fixate on it and do as much research <laughs> as we can and really explore this one little thing. It really brings me back into the world and makes me think about what I love about it and why I do keep coming back to this story and why I haven't gotten sick of this podcast and why I'm not going to stop doing it. Oh, no, definitely not. I have more things to learn. (laughs) Yeah, there's more I want to explore. Mm. Yeah, that's what I do love. Like, just going back and being like, oh, you know, why did Crookshank's send the parcel and all that sort of stuff like just very <laughs> frivolous things and it just sort of mentioned an offhand comment and i'm like okay but why did that actually <laughs> how did that work <laughs> and i will say yeah. like yeah getting more involved with the podcasting harry potter community has also been pretty refreshing too because we we started just at the very beginning of 2017 and mm-hmm. like because it's my sister and me, so we're kind of similar to you guys that we're related, and this yeah. is a kind of an excuse for us to hang out and talk about Harry Potter and not drive the rest of our family insane uh, at Halloween. Yeah, this parties. is 100% the reason why we do our podcast. <laughs> no, I, I know. We relate pretty well to that, I think. Yeah, com- compartmentalizing so it's not our entire lives are Harry Potter. Right. It's one thing that we do, and then the rest of the time we can talk about regular stuff. But, yeah. you know, like, and maybe it's just, again, like the nature of the time period that we got involved and started, I don't know, spreading our social wings, trying to get to know other people. Like we've gotten to know you guys and we've gotten to know mm-hmm. all sorts of other podcasters and fans in the community. And like that alone rejuvenates me pretty quickly. You know, just the relationships that 
have developed around all of this for me recently, which I didn't have for the first 17 years of reading the book. I just read the books over and over again and talked to my <laughs> sister, Melissa, which was perfectly fine by me. But uh, it's kind of opened a whole slew of new avenues that I didn't really anticipate mm-hmm. I would ever be involved in, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Once again, fandom triumphs over canon. <laughs> <laughs> An easy way to get over it, if you have a bit of fandom fatigue after Crimes of Grindelwald, an easy way to get over it is just to be like, well, it's not canon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> Let's just talk about what we like to talk about. That's fine. Mm. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> should we start talking about Crimes of Grindelwald now? Get back into the movie news? Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Go. Well, Crimes of Grindelwald only just came out. So at this point, like, listen to our last episode if you want to hear our thoughts on that. There's not much news on the third movie. We don't even have a title yet. Hmm. Hmm. One, what do you think, Luke? Did, one uh, bit of information that just came out via a tweet from JK is that it's likely yeah. going to be set in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Rio. yeah. Mm. And along with that, it seemed like her response to a reply in that tweet thread was, you know, there are clearly going to be five movies. And then she basically wrote five in five different languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, one being English, one being Spanish, one being French, one being German, and one being... Oh, there was one more. Shoot, I can't remember. Uh, um, it's like Portuguese or Brazilian. It may or have Portuguese been, it may have been be Portuguese. Rare. But it, it seems like you could maybe take a look at the languages that she chose and use that as guidance for where the rest of the films might take place. Mm-hmm. Good thought. Yeah, good thought. So not entirely well, think, my own yeah. thought, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It's, That's it's okay. Take credit for it. No yes. one else will know. Man, I did a great job with that research. <laughs> I'm so smart. <laughs> yeah, well, Portuguese would lend to the idea that it is Brazil and Rio because it's the language of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Spanish mm-hmm. could be fucking anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the most popular down. languages could be most of Latin America. Could be German Mexico. will definitely be uh, the fifth movie set in Germany. Completely That's, yeah, That's the way it or Austria. It could easily be Austria as well, just in that in that general mm. area. Because I think uh, yeah, I think Nurmengard is technically in Austria. Yeah, yeah. So close Probably. enough. Probably. Wow, Grindelwald really is just enough. like Wizard Hitler, isn't he? It's yeah, quite similar. <laughs> yeah, it quite literally is Wizard Hitler. <laughs> oh, I'm just glad that I know Australian isn't a language. I'm glad Australia wasn't on that list. <laughs> Like, oh, uh, stay out of our country. <laughs> We're fine. Wow, you sound like the Liberal Party of Australia. <laughs> That's the cruelest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> oh, for information, um, Luke, the Liberal Party is the right-wing party. Gotcha. Everyone gets confused about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> our Liberal Party is our Conservative Party, and our Labour Party is our Liberal Party. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. That makes <laughs> Simple sense as it can somewhere. Be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, <laughs> I know that inevitably the Australian Wizarding World will come, but I just, I, I, I need some time. I need to be able to, you know, come up with my own ideas first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically all the same cast and crew are coming back. We don't have an official release date, but it's probably going to be in November of 2020, if based on the previous two movies when they came out. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think is going to happen in the movie? <laughs> All right, so I'm trying to remember where Crimes of Grindelwald ended off. So it ended with, uh, spoilers, guys. It ended with the big explosion in Paris. And uh, our heroes 
were like, wait, what happened again? So <laughs> I've forgotten. At the very All end, the good guys, you go. Uh, at the very end, we have Newt returning back to Hogwarts and giving yeah, Dumbledore yeah, the blood right. pact. And yeah. we also have mm-hmm. Queenie with Grindelwald uh, working with Credence. And Credence gets a wand, blows up a mountain. And we learn that Credence is actually a Dumbledore. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah, I remember seeing Nagini standing on the steps of Hogwarts and being like, she gets beheaded here later on. <laughs> I'm like, that's so weird. Full circle. Oh, God. <laughs> wow, that's something I hadn't recognized yet. Thanks. Good. You're welcome. So maybe it'll be Grindelwald trying to get Credence or Aurelius, uh, whatever you believe, to bind and attack Dumbledore, but Dumbledore keeps on being slippery and... And evading him and hiding the shadows while he tries to break the blood curse, blood pact mm-hmm. thing. And in the meantime, shenanigans ensue with Newt and the others as they try and fight off some of Grindelwald's supporters, as well as beasts are there somehow, I guess. Excellent. <laughs> well, I think the third movie, Grindelwald, Credence, Queenie, their arc is really going to focus on convincing Credence to attack Dumbledore because basically at this point he has no reason to. I don't know why he's with Grindelwald. He knows he can't trust Grindelwald. Grindelwald has screwed him over in person in the past but now he's like, alright, I guess I'll go with you. He needs to find his family, that's why. He wants to find out who he is. But now that he has found out who he is, he's going to go and kill his family? That's counterintuitive to what he wanted. Well, it could be pretty easily spun that, hey, the reason you don't know your family is because Albus threw you out or something, you know, like kind of play mm-hmm. on he's the reason you didn't grow up with the family. I don't I don't know what that's yeah. going to turn into, but we've seen how impressionable he is and we know how convincing and charismatic Grindelwald is. So mm-hmm. and allowing him uh, allowing Credence to have a wand and kind of teaching him how to harness that power, which we've already seen. I mean. The first thing he did was pointed at the mountain and half of it fell down. Like He literally moved mountains. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he's very powerful. We do know that. So, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he really has that much ill feeling towards even Graves, right? I mean, because he knows that he was trying to use him, but he was also very supportive of him throughout the whole first movie. And mm-hmm. it didn't seem like, to me, that huge of a betrayal. It was more of just like, oh, he was unmasked and had to leave and you're kind of alone now. And that's uh, so I don't know. I, I think they could kind of come back together pretty easily, uh, especially with the information that Grindelwald just gave to Credence. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty endearing thing to do. Very manipulative thing to do uh, to gain a follower. Yeah. yeah let's not mm-hmm. forget also that Credence grew up in an abusive, manipulative situation. So that's the sort of relationship he's used to. It'd just be Absolutely. like going, like fitting back into an old mold. Yeah. That's Unfortunate, sad. Unfortunately, quite true. Yeah, very sad. I'm really thinking third movie is going to be like the battle for Credence's soul. I'm not suggesting that's the title, but I think that's <laughs> what it's going to be. Grindelwald's trying to convince him to kill Dumbledore and Dumbledore or maybe Newton, Dumbledore's proxies that he works through because he never does anything himself, will be the ones who are trying to get Credence back from Grindelwald and also Queenie as well. I'm interested to see... Because we know about this Dumbledore prophecy now of, like, a phoenix will come to a Dumbledore in need. I'm interested to see how Dumbledore will get forks, and I have a bit of a weird prediction for how that's going to happen. Maybe mm-hmm. not in the third movie, maybe more in the fifth movie. But I have a weird prediction that Credence will somehow be destroyed and turned into forks. That is a weird prediction. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> I think it's as valid as almost anything else. <laughs> 
I am, yeah, I'm interested in where Forks will come from. I didn't assume that the phoenix at the end was Forks. I just assumed yeah. that was some other bird. Yeah, me too. I don't know about Credence turning into Forks, though. I think Credence is probably just going to die. Well, I mean, last year I was like, maybe this, the woman in, maybe Claudia Kim's Nagini, and you were like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I should love my standards more. <laughs> So, just saying. <laughs> so, yeah, in, in the long run, I don't think that Credence is going to die. I think that Newt is going to be successful of removing mm-hmm. the Obscurus, which he's already non-successfully done. He's he's parted an Obscurus from an Obscurial, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to be successful this time. And I, I don't know if, Newt, if uh, Credence is going to make it all the way through, but I think he's going to survive whatever that procedure is. And then maybe die in a different sense. thing later on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe he lives a happy muggle life and is never mentioned again by anyone <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> I kind of would just hope that if, like, the exorcism happens, I guess, and Credence is free of this dark power in him, that he just kind of, you know, fades into obscurity. He just has a n- normal life. <laughs> Obscurity. Normal, comfy life. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I actually have to be honest, I haven't listened to your most recent episode with your reactions, but for what I'm gathering, you guys didn't enjoy it all that much. <laughs> no, not really. Um, there's, a, there's some parts we loved, a lot of things we didn't. <laughs> I will yeah. say, overall, it is my favorite movie of all of them. Really? Like, not even close, <laughs> personally. Wow, yeah. that's unexpected. And I think I might be in a vast minority on that. But I'm okay with that because I was really, really pleased with the movie. The magical theory stuff that happens is really, really intriguing. It opens a lot of new doors that we didn't have information on before. It opens some doors on the whole Grindelwald and Albus and Ariana scene, which is one of my favorite things to theorize about is what happened there. And we already had some allusions to that specifically in this movie a couple times. So I don't know. I was a pretty big fan of it. And um, come at me, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm not going to attack you. For it. <laughs> no, we only do that when you're not in the episodes. You can't fight back. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> That's our modus operandi. <laughs> no, I think it's fine. You like the movie. Like, yeah, go for it. It's just not my cup of tea. I mm-hmm. think the real thing I enjoyed about it so much was not having the book to be distracted by. If that, you know I what I mean? That. Like, because I, I disliked a lot of the movies when I came out of the movie theater the first time I saw them because I was just so distracted yeah. by, this is different. Why did they change this? Like, that always bothers mm-hmm. me. And I I could never turn that off. See, that doesn't bother me so much with the um, eight movies because, like, I know that for the most part they try to remain as true to the, like, integral storyline as possible and try and keep that as well as they could in the interpretations. So, yeah, if they missed a scene here and if they change a detail there, I'm fine with it because it's, like, it's a movie. They have to condense it to an hour and a half or two hours. Mm. So I'm like, okay. But what frustrates me, I guess, about the Fantastic Beasts movies is that they don't have that base, I guess, to draw off, and I think that's what makes them less interesting for me and less credible. (laughs) Is because like it just seems kind of like they're just drawing ideas from nothing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree with both of you. <laughs> I'm the nice middle ground. The first movie, I liked that it wasn't really based on a book. Like there was yeah, no yeah. story that I was anticipating and I wasn't measuring it up in my head, like you said, Luke. Mm-hmm. But in the second movie, in Crimes of Grindelwald, I didn't feel that at all. <laughs> Because it was drawing so much of what we already knew from the books in terms of like the Dumbledore and, and Grindelwald storyline and 
all that went on there. So I felt like that's what really distracted me and annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's completely valid. I mean, I, I can I can concede that. That's fair. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other thing that I wanted to mention, one prediction that I had is I think that the third movie, definitely we're going to see the blood pact get destroyed. Yeah. And one way that I thought that might happen is if Dumbledore uses dragon blood to destroy it. Oh, yeah. Because we know from, yeah, you know, from the books that he discovers the 12 uses of dragon's blood. And because I just thought that would be a good use of Newt. Like Newt has basically nothing to do in this movie. So what if Newt had to go get a dragon or get some dragon blood for Dumbledore? That would be a purpose for him to fill in the movie. That'd be really cool. Plus, I love dragons, mm. so any excuse to see a dragon on screen is good. <laughs> Heck yeah, I'm 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 good with that. I like that, and like I don't know how familiar you are with like the uh, the actual text of Fantastic Beasts and like the about the author, like from the author, where it talks about his backstory, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. he spent all of World War One dealing with Ukrainian iron bellies. Like if you remember yeah. all that, yeah, and so yeah. That's awesome. I think that'd be really cool to bring that in. Uh, it's the largest of all the dragons in in canon, and yeah. I, it seems exactly like something that they would do. Uh, be really good for screen, and um, they're gonna have to keep kind of finagling fantastic beasts in, even where they shouldn't be, <laughs> uh, which we saw in this movie, and uh, yes. <laughs> to keep the title making sense. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really really smart approach for him to take. That's a good idea. I was worried about the whole blood packed thing and i like your dragon blood idea i like that a lot better than what i was thinking of i was thinking of like oh if you've done a blood pact the only way to break it is to take blood from someone else or something like that so it might involve some kind of weird having to make a sacrifice or i don't know maybe he kills theseus dark magic yeah some kind of dark magic and i was like worried about like oh this is gonna it's gonna be nasty (laughs) hopefully not Hopefully not. It's just like, okay, let's get a bit of dragon's blood. It's like, let's, yeah, do a bit of cool magical theory rather than having um, a needless sacrifice of a character. I like it. Yeah. Hmm. Is there anything else anyone wanted to say? I've got one more note on the last question that you guys posed to me of what will JK tell us about uh, in the HP world (laughs) next? Yes. (laughs) I feel like there's going to be more information about half-elves. Coming up. Oh god, yeah. Since oh, that was okay. Like the first time this Crimes of Grindelwald brought that in for the first time. We've seen, you know, half beasts before. Um, mm-hmm. but the half house elf uh was was brought up for the first time here. And I, I thought that was interesting information. So I think we're gonna get oh, more on that. <laughs> there's so oh so many nasty thoughts went through my head. <laughs> sort of How does that work? What? Oh my god, no. Like, it's just, it has so many bad implications. It's such a grim reality that we have to live in now where there's half elves. <laughs> I don't like it. It's very upsetting. It, it is. I'm glad I could oh. lighten everyone's spirits here with a smile on my face talking about house elf enslavement. It's just great. Have a happy 2019, everyone. <laughs> I I predicted that um JK might share some more knowledge to us on Twitter about McGonagall's age and her timeline because like, <laughs> a lot of that has been established before in Pottermore. Like we knew this a while ago, but because of the new movie, there's been a lot of theories about okay, when was she actually born? How long was she teaching? Were the teaching years consecutive or were they split up into different decades and all this sort of stuff? So I have a feeling that JK might try to bring clarity on that. What do you think, Ria? <laughs> 
I think she's probably going to rewrite Jake, uh, not JK's. <laughs> JK's going to rewrite her own backstory. No, she's going to rewrite um, wow, Power Roof. <laughs> <laughs> McGonagall's backstory to fit the new canon. <laughs> JK gets blasted for retconning and then she just retcons her own life. She's like, fuck you all. <laughs> God, that is a power move. <laughs> I honestly, I don't have any more thoughts about what JK is going to tweet next. Like, who knows? Who knows? It could be anything. It's impossible to predict what she's going to say next. Well, I've been Jem and Credence was Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Rhea and I have no idea what's going to happen next year, but I hope it was better than this year. And I've been Luke and Crimes of Grindelwald was the best of all the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> Where can we find you, Luke? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LucaFerocious or uh, at thepodcastthat.com where we have our Harry Potter podcast, the podcast that must not be named, and a bevy of other shows uh, covering Game of Thrones, Stephen King's It, and a couple other things as well. So uh, we're out there. Check us out, please. Yeah, check them out, guys. Definitely do. <laughs> they have much more well-structured and better episodes than us in uh, podcasts that must not be named. It's chapter by chapter reading very detailed very thoughtful <laughs> whereas he just we're just here like wow 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 creature fucking wow 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 i say that stuff for this nonsense <laughs> yeah thanks for listening to podcast nine and three quarters this show is written and edited by ria and Jem. you can send us an email at nine and three quarters podcast at gmail.com find us on tumblr at podcast nine and three quarters dot tumblr.com or talk to us separately on Twitter. Rhea is at SmashMathRhea, and Jem is at Jem underscore just Jem. Please feel free to send theories or ask questions, and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea, just to avoid them. Our special guest today was Luke from The Podcast That Must Not Be Named and lots more. You can find him on Twitter at LucaFerocious, and his podcast at thepodcastthat.com. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Reunion of Friends by John Williams, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Happy New Year's, listeners. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.